Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Back in town, back in the studio. After a quick little trip up to the gorgeous White Mountains, I was just curious. Had the colors started changing yet? And uh, I can tell you, for those of you that are waiting for that weekend fall color drive, you probably have another week or two. It was at the at the very highest elevations, 8,000 feet and above. Uh, we were actually about 9,200 feet. Uh, the aspens were just beginning to yellow. And the leaf of meter, flagstaff leaf of meter, is indicating that the, the needle is just beginning to come out of the green into the yellow. So we've we've got a we've got a couple weeks for you to plan your trip here, I think, for you to experience it. And I'll tell you what we're talking about fire, one of the mixed blessings of a forest fire, and boy, we've certainly experienced our share of mixed blessings on forest fires over the last 20 years, is the Wallow Fire, largest fire in Arizona history. 500,000 acres, half a million acres in one fire that burned pretty much parallel with the New Mexico border from just above Safford Marinci all the way up to the eager Springervale area. Some of the most beautiful natural forests in all of Arizona. Horrible fire. Well, I can tell you what, after walking and hiking it for the last several days, there are more elk there now than there were before the fire. The reemergence of aspen trees is unbelievable. And one thing about an aspen tree is it is incredibly a lot more colorful than a Douglas fir. <laughs> and it, the aspen are the first tree that will come back after a fire. And uh, Escadilla Peak uh, the whole route of Route 191, State Route 191. I mean, it's all, there are areas that you get out of the car. You literally, you, and I hike with my dogs, you, your dogs can't even get through the stands of aspen trees. They are so thick and they're all right about head high to 10 feet high. It's absolutely incredible. So for fall color this year, take it from Rosie. Take a look at your incident fire maps. Look at the fires that have occurred 8 to 10 to 15 years ago and go drive those areas because in the higher elevations, they're all going to be covered in aspen trees. Of course, the most beautiful tree in the world as we move through from the summer to the winter through our fall season in Arizona. It is the tree that most often is identified with the fall color system. We're here to answer your questions about home improvement. We have been doing this for 33 years. You call the toll-free number, one 767 4348 Let us know what your uh, location is in the state of Arizona, what you're trying to get done, and we'll put our experience to work to try and help you out to eliminate the dilemma or the anxiety or the challenges that you may be experiencing in trying to remodel, repair, or maintain your house, home, castle, or cabin. In a recent survey, they listed 10 things 
that homeowners are most interested in when contemplating a kitchen remodel in the order of priority? What would you think the number one thing at not only Arizona, but America homeowners want in their kitchen remodel? Hmm, it's going to be something probably obvious. A TV. Well, a TV uh, entertain, entertainment in the in the kitchen breakfast area is is one of them. How about a faucet over the oven so you can a a, a, a big oh, pot filling? Uh, yeah, pot faucet. for pot filling. It's yeah. not one of the top ten, but it is one. It's growing fast. That's mm-hmm. becoming very common. The number one in remodeling a kitchen that people want is a double sink because you have to remember. Ooh. We didn't get yeah. to double sinks until about the 70s, and everybody prior to that had one large sink. Now, that's the number one thing people are looking for right now, a double side-by-side sink. But I will tell you, as a home remodeling contractor, there is a huge demand for giant, massive, farm-style, single-basin sinks as well and then a little garbage disposal mini sink next to that and you see a lot of those at the plumbing showroom oh they're beautiful they are yeah you can get them in porcelain you can get them in stainless you can get them in copper i I like that they're big enough to take a bath i mean you could (laughs) if you had your garbage disposal attached to it you could fill it up with water put your behind in there turn the garbage disposal on you have your own little sauna your own little jacuzzi tub. <laughs> They're that big. <laughs> I like the depth of them. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, they eliminate so much splash because you have to dive halfway down in them to get everything out of them. But I, 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 I see those farm sinks, large style country farm sinks, being more than just a trend. I think when people get them and live with them, they're going to find they're, they're really a very, very convenient way to kitchen sink your utensils. I and like then, these new workstation kitchens sinks where you put the – they're fitted to put your cutting board over them or the draining basket, and it all goes together. You just set them in there, and you can configure it even, any way, and you can even put cutting boards all the way across, and then it becomes – and they're serving dishes, and it becomes your serving area as well, so you don't have to – it buys you more counter space. It's like the toolbox of kitchen sinks. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It has everything right there. The disposal, the the strainers, the chopping block, the butcher block. Uh, so sinks. What do you think the second? Then I'm gonna get then I'm gonna get to Howard, who's got a call in from Casa Grande. But what would you think the second thing? Romy, when you come to my house, what's the first thing you or your kids do? In the kitchen area? Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. They visit my pantry. They, it's the walk-in. <laughs> it's the walk-in pantry. And without fail, my yeah. son-in-laws, my daughters, my grandkids, even my friends. If yeah. I don't have that door shut, everybody walks straight into it and just looks around. <laughs> and let, let's go visual shopping for what's available on the shelves. The walk-in pantry is the second most requested factor in kitchen remodeling. Let's see. Let's bring let's bring Howard into the conversation. He's calling from Casa Grande. We are here to answer homeowner questions as well as to overall educate you about your house. But we love interacting with our Arizona homeowners with questions. Mr. Howard calling from Casa Grande. How can I help you, my friend? 
Yes, I have nothing about pantries, but my okay. bowl, the water level keeps dropping. <clears throat> After about an hour, it drops about an inch, and about three hours, it goes down to about two and a half inches, and it stays there. You're talking about the bowl, not the tank. The bowl. Okay. Not the tank. Okay, and and the tank, uh, and it never refills that bowl. No. After I flushed, it, it goes up level, and then after about an hour, it's down about an inch, and about two hours and beyond, it, it's down about two and a half inches. That, well, it will never drain completely, though, will it? No. Okay, Howard, hang on one second. This is going to be above my plumbing experience, but I want to try and get you an answer. So let's see if we can raise up one of the Rosie certified plumbers, and uh, we call this a Rosie Rescue line, Rosie Lifeline. See if anyone from Brutonell Plumbing and Casa Grands available. To, Let's see to if help we can us. get one of them on the line and talk to them. A bowl water level not holding. When you flush the toilet, of course the tank fills up, but it's got a secondary hose that shoots down this filler tube, and that filler tube fills the bowl. It's filling up, but what would allow the bowl to drain? other than some kind of a vacuum loss in the vent system. So it's uh, your, your toilet problem is over my head, but don't hang up. It doesn't mean we're not going to try and get your question answered. Let me take us back to the kitchen remodeling. Or do you, what did you have there? Third thing people want in kitchen remodeling. First, a double sink. Second, walk-in pantry. Third most desired item in a kitchen remodel is they would like table space for eating. That, that island, that peninsula, that little breakfast table. Just make sure there's enough room to accommodate a small, casual, breakfast, quick lunch, easy dinner. As opposed to having to bring everything to the formal dining room, which has been all but eliminated from most floor plans today. So those are the top three things people are looking for. And I'll tell you the number one thing, surprise, that people have when they call us about kitchen remodeling is the price. You're remodeling the most expensive room in your house. The master bathroom can almost per square foot be as expensive but the kitchen where you're piling in 10 15 20 25 thousand dollars worth of appliances 15 20 or 25 thousand dollars worth of cabinets ten thousand dollars worth of countertops is by square foot the most expensive room you can do we tell people to expect a kitchen remove and replace to be something in the neighborhood of about $600 a square foot. If we take a look at your cabinets and we say we think this is going to be about a ten dollars to $15,000 cabinet package, you can multiply that number times five or six. If you're going to spend fifteen on cabinets, you're going to spend seventy-five dollars to ninety dollars to do the whole kitchen. 
So just a couple tips on kitchen remodeling. We're still trying to find us a plumber that can talk to Howard about why the water level in his toilet bowl continues to drop. Open home hour here at Rosie on the House. Whatever you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, Doug called in from Casa Grande and wanted to know why the bowl of his toilet would be draining. And we've got John Isley. John, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's Johnny I as he's affectionately known on the uh, broadcast. John DeGarville of Isley's Home Services. Thanks for helping us out here with uh, Doug's problem. Are you familiar with... So, so, so uh, Doug's toilet is uh, not draining properly, is that correct? The bowl is draining without being flushed. Not the fill bowl? tank, but the bowl. Is that correct, John, Doug? <laughs> we obviously got a lot okay. going on. What we got a lot going on? So, <laughs> yeah. From from what I understood is is he was flushing this toilet. The bowl was filling up, but not draining out or drained out slowly. Is is that what's occurring? No, no. He'll flush the toilet. The bowl will fill. Of course, the tank will fill. And then with the toilet not being used over the course of the next two hours, the bowl. Not the tank. The bowl will drain as much as two, two and a half inches out of the bowl. What would cause a bowl to drain by itself with no flushing? Well, the only thing I could imagine is there's some sort of venting issue where where it's somehow, you know, sucking the water out of there because there's not a good way that or, or, or way that that would happen unless there was a problem in the the bowl of the toilet that somehow something was cracked and, and it was draining across the trap, you know, that they have inside of the toilet. Okay. Because typically that toilet's going to be full up to the edge of that trap and there shouldn't be anything that would cause it to go over that dam. So, so to me, there could be a problem with the bowl or there could be some sort of venting issue that, that somehow it's causing a suction that's, in the drain pipe, and it's sucking some of the water out of that bowl. But okay. that, that's about the only two things that I could think of that would cause that. Well, let, let's see. Do we have Howard? Has Howard joined the conversation? Go ahead, Howard. Howard? Yes, that's what's happening. And that, what, what's the, the, a, what's the age of the toilet, Howard? Uh, 2006 Okay. All right. Well, and that, that might be a good starting point is trying to update the toilet. And when the toilet's off of there, you could look inside of the drain line, see if there's any issues or anything that we see inside of there that might be weird. But it, it's a very unusual problem. And, uh, you know, it's not something that we run into every day. But, uh, I, I, you know, with it being that age and it's, you know, whatever, you know, 15 plus years old, I, I would think at this point, uh, to try and update that and then see what happens. Howard, Howard, let me ask you two more questions that occurred to me. How long have you been in this house? 
That's 2006. Okay. And this yeah, has not... The year the house was built. Okay. And this has not always been the case. This is a recent development. Yes. It just happened uh, sometime about a month ago or so. Okay. Well, I, w I would tell you that we, we either have a venting problem and those, the, the water's actually being sucked back into the drain line. Um, if you're not experiencing any other trouble with any other plumbing fixtures in your house, then I think John's probably right on the mark. We possibly have a, a fracture of, of, of the toilet itself in the P-trap in the toilet. I would tell you, you probably aren't going to solve this without replacing the toilet. So... We appreciate the call. I'm glad I wasn't the only one stumped that it isn't anything that a regular plumber sees very often, but it's got to be a vent system problem or the actual toilet itself. And if my vents were clean and I wasn't having a trouble with any other fixture, I'd simply replace the toilet. Well, that's about as long as time as we can allocate for spending in Howard's toilet in Casa Grande. <laughs> You got to go sometimes, yeah, so you better so, get it fixed. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, sometimes you just got to go, yeah. that's for sure. So we appreciate the call, Howard. We appreci and we'd appreciate another homeowner calling with like a lighting problem <laughs> or a painting problem. <laughs> and we appreciate all of you that came out to Pella last weekend. We had a good turnout great. all day. That was uh, The entire broadcast, there were people that showed up beforehand. They stayed there. Uh, a great turnover. And... Pella was a great host. They had a great catering, a great event. It was a great opportunity to showcase what's available for windows and doors for your home castle or cabin. And Mr. Ivan, who stopped by, won the Traeger Grill. And it was, it's always fun to see uh, you know, a, a, somebody who's really a big fan and longtime listener when you know it's always one of those times where you know somebody off the street just kind of stumbled in and <laughs> went and you're like oh come on why can't it go to a great long time listener well ivan is so it was great to see that we got to find out what's the first thing he cooks in it <laughs> that'd be a good well, question. maybe we can order maybe. Him, maybe we can order him some cajun boudin or andouille let him do a sausage barbecue and invite all of us right invite all yeah. of us yeah the traeger grill's nice <laughs> We've got our weekly to-do coming up, talking about LED bulbs and whatever you, the Arizona home owner, want to talk about. We also have a number of questions that have come in via text that we'll rifle through a quick round there as well. Romy, before we get back, uh, to homeowner issues, I want to I want to bring up something that I stumbled across just in reading. All of you uh, are regular listeners of the show. Know how much we love Arizona and how much we love the wildlife of Arizona and the flora and the fauna. Here is a a series of seminars coming up that if if my kids were still living at home. I would put them down in front of the computer and I would make them watch these seminars. The Arizona Game and Fish Department are going to have virtual lectures on different wildlife species found throughout Arizona. On October 7th, they're going to have one on bats. On October 14th, 
they're going to have one called the Origins of the Sonoran Desert. And on November 9th, they're going to have one on the interesting lives of black bears. So if you're sick and tired of the television entertainment that is offered to us uh, every evening, this is an excellent option. I'm going to get my computer and I'm going to log on to these lectures for why bats are incredibly misunderstood, the origins of the Sonoran Desert, and the interesting and complicated lives of black bears. They're being held in conjunction with the Southwest Wildlife Conservation Center, which saves harmed wildlife one life at a time. And these lectures, and I'm just going to screen share it onto the big screen TV, and this is what Jennifer and I will be watching those nights. Just an excellent way to beat the horrible industry of television entertainment. Okay, there's my little, <laughs> there's my little, I, I learned it, learned it living in the ICU on my back. I, I got to where I hated turning that stupid TV on because you couldn't turn it on without watching every form of social dysfunction on the planet. There's no more Mayberries. There's no more I Love Lucy's. There's no more fun, healthy, wholesome shows. The one thing on the bat lecture I want to know, how can we get those things to eat every mosquito on the face of the earth? I know, I know. (laughs) Well, maybe part of it will be why bat houses don't work too well in Arizona, (laughs) uh, as, as our fishing game guest was sharing with us the other night. One of the things we were talking about recently is clogging drains and taking care of your waste lines. And we kind of got on that topic with Howard's toilet down in Casa Grande. Um, how many of you have home remedies? Uh, I went back after one year of college uh, up in Fort Collins. I went back and I lived with my grandparents and my grandfather was a pharmacist and he owned a few Rexall drugstores through South Louisiana. And we had a hunting and fishing camp that was out on the bayou uh, that had less than a reliable uh, plumbing system. It drained into a septic tank, but it was old. uh, And he had a home remedy for clearing waistline drains. And it involved baking soda, vinegar, and boiling water. And he would take a cup of white vinegar. He, he'd, he'd take the baking soda and he'd pour it down the, the drain and leave it. And then he would pour a cup of white vinegar and not turn the water on and not do anything. Just let it sit in there. And then the next morning, he would pour boiling hot water down through that mixture. And that's, that's how he maintained the the waste system at the fish camp and at his own home. Home remedy, how to clear a clogged drain. And we got off on the topic last week during the Repeller broadcast about a product that Jennifer has become a big fan of um, for maintaining, caring, and cleaning for your system. We've used a product called BioClean for years, which was a actually a protein that you flushed down your waistlines. And the protein or the, the 
the the the product ate all of everything that was inside your waistline and cleaned it out eventually. And we had really good luck with that. So we've got the home remedy plan. We've got the BioClean product, and then there was another product y'all recently discovered you really like. It's BioPros, and they only started with the one product which we've tried, and it's to um, you know clean out that tank and neutralize it, and it has done an amazing job. Um, but they've come out with a whole line of products that I've written to try, and one of them is to clean the pipes. So we'll we'll keep you posted, but um, for those who live in a homeless septic tank, you'll appreciate the product. And what's it called again? BioPros. P-R-O-S. P-R-O-S. Okay. Pro. Uh, yeah. Pro. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to spend the majority of the day in, in the toilet. Uh, it's one of those <laughs> topics when one call happens, yeah. it gets, you know, it spawns four or five more. So let's bring Desiree into the conversation. Miss Desiree, how are you this morning? Good morning, Rosie. How can we help you? Um, I just put in brand new toilets and they're low flow toilets, but they just don't get the job done. Mm-hmm. We even put the toilet paper in the waste basket. And so just the waste goes down the toilet. Mm-hmm. We end up flushing two or three times. What can we do to switch the low flow toilet over to a regular toilet? Well, well unfortunately, <laughs> you know, you would have to go find somebody who's remodeling an old home and pull out a six-gallon flush and yeah, that's and bring it. Finding one um, is going to be near yeah. impossible. I, I would just the first ask, the right how, how's the pressure in the home? Do you have enough water pressure? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And what drove you to replace the toilets in the house? Oh, we just remodeled the bathroom and wanted to save energy and, you know, water. Yeah, well, it's code. It's like, you know, I'm flushing two, three times, and that doesn't seem like I'm going to be saving any water. Well, you're not. And it's a code requirement that any licensed contractor with a permitted uh, project has to install the low flow. But I'm going to tell you. And I did. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, Desiree, that not every low flow toilet is created equal. When they first came out about 15 years ago. They were all horrible. It was, everyone was like this, but we really haven't seen that much. So I don't want, we'll ask you off air because we don't want to badmouth any brand name. And, um, you know, but like Rosie said, not all of them are created equal. And, you know, it, it, some of the styles and design, we may not have the tank high enough from the bowl. So the gravity pressure is not there. The, the way the jet streams, so there there are very good low flow toilets out there. There are. Um, we're we're installing them and putting them in bathrooms every day, and they are they are working. and And I can't appreciate uh, what you're going through because that is especially and particularly aggravating. All right, one of the things we were going to uh, talk about today. Our weekly to-dos on LED bulbs. Uh, this really has a holiday uh, theme to it just because we're coming up. We're coming there. If you are one of those homeowners that do a lot of home decorating, I, I'm i still going, you know, one of those things, it comes around every year. Like Inventing a strand of Christmas lights that when one battery go when one bulb goes bad, doesn't kill the whole string the whole string and an easier way to replace those but um led bulbs some of the newer strands you know those 
could eliminate that problem because you're not pulling out the bulbs and replacing the new ones. Uh, and there's a lot of different things you can do with these LEDs and the, the color schemes and being able to change and uh, program things differently. But it's yeah. that time of year to yeah, start. You can getting... put up one string and not be stuck with the same color all holiday <laughs> season. It's time to, to pull out and start getting ready. Uh, it's one of those things that you're doing it now ensures you help get it done. Because if you're like, ah, it's not close enough. doesn't mean you have to turn on the lights now. But if you get it out and start stringing them, because what happens when you get close to the Christmas shopping? You're rushed for the family coming over or for this party that's coming or this shopping that you're going to be doing. And you know, it, it comes and goes. And it comes fast. <laughs> so if you're going to be pulling out your Christmas decorations, Jennifer, Jennifer was at the storage facility just yesterday pulling out all of her Thanksgiving, fall, and, and Halloween decorations. So I know I'll be seeing them go up in the house here in the next couple of weeks for sure. But if when you get to pulling out your holiday lights and they're all in a rat's nest tangled and you plug them in and only half of them work, I would encourage you not to spend the time to untangle them and seek out. If there are the old incandescent bulbs, you really should take a look at the LED strips. They're harder to break. They last much, much longer. And they use a fraction of the electricity. A you, fraction. I, You'll actually see your December utility bill. If you're one of these heavily decorated yards, you will I, see your utility bill go down. I, I don't even think Frank Griswold could overload a circuit with LED. With LED. Probably not. Probably not. So they're, they're longer lasting. They don't overheat. There's many different shapes and sizes, uh, and they're harder to break. So now all we have to do is find out how to roll them up in January when we're putting them back up so that there's – it seems like no matter how careful you roll them and put them away, they're always – there's some little, little demons in those boxes all year long tying them into knots for when you reopen them the next year. So LED bulbs, they're not hard to find. They're everywhere. They're all but replacing the old incandescent. And we would encourage you for what they'll save you in electricity and for the ease that they will add to you. They're lighter weight. They're much smaller. Uh, be easier to untangle uh, LED holiday lighting. You can find more information about that on our website. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Texter wants to know I, popcorn ceiling removal. I've It's been so long since we've taken a call or a question on that. I thought we'd got them all removed, but not yet. This homeowner wants to know, what do I do with my two ceiling fans? Uh, to How do I take them down? Well, ceiling fans actually pretty easy. Um, you don't need any power tools. A Phillips head screwdriver will probably do uh, all of it. You'll take the blade off one by one. There'll be two Phillips head screwdrivers. You need to be able to stand on a ladder. If you can climb up and down safely, then you can do this job. Uh, and as you take off one, you'll notice it'll tilt because the balance is off, and it'll keep doing that. That's fine. It can support uh, the weight. You don't have to worry about that. Once you take all of the blades off, depending on who's doing the work, you can really stop there. Just you wrap can. it in plastic 
to keep all that popcorn from falling off and into the motor because um, that's not such a big enough area that a guy with a blade and, you know, if it's a hopper, they're doing trowel. They can work around that. You can stop there, and that's where I would tell you to stop if you feel like you need to keep going. It's very simple at that point. You can just see the next row of screws it'll take and drop. You got the, the little bonnet holding up against the ceiling covering the yeah junction box. Once you take that down, um, you know, all you have to do is disconnect the wires. So make sure your circuit breaker's off to that room. And some of them don't even have anything mechanical. The, they're gravity fed. You pick it up and it's like bring a, it off. It's like a ball and socket. Yeah. So pretty, pretty easy project. You'll be done before the end of this broadcast if you start now. And the way we would tell you to remove that, uh, and it, it, it very probably has asbestos in it. So you're going to want to take some precautions. And They're having it done. and Okay. And hopefully it's never been painted because if it's ever been painted, it greatly complicates it. Any of you that want to take down this acoustic ceiling, you simply spray it with a water bottle, wet it, and, and make sure your floor is covered in plastic. We drape the plastic all the way up the wall, and then we allow everything just take an 8-inch drywall knife once it's wet, and it literally just peels off. And the guys that do it professionally, if they're also – going to be re-texturing. re-texturing, they'll actually put up two layers of plastic. That's right. So once they knock all the drywall down, they roll up the first, or the, the popcorn, you know, acoustic ceiling. They'll roll it up, tape it, throw Pull it, it out, out, and it's already prepped now. Now to you come got back clean plastic to get back there and, and re-texture. You're exactly right. Our final segment here of our weekly radio broadcast. You can find us during the week at rosieonthehouse.com. We've got all of all, most of the questions and answers posted in our DIY database, constantly growing. Our weekly blog article you can find there for our On the House topic. You can get the podcast to today's program if you missed any part of it. We had a great hour this morning with the Arizona Farm Bureau. Then we had our 9 o'clock topic was fire prevention. And then our <coughs> open home hour this hour. You can download those. You know, if there is one specific thing, you just need to go get information. On the broadcast archive page, it's there by segment with keywords, so you can quickly jump to it. Or if you just want to listen to the whole hour, you can click through to Podbeam and su- subscribe to the iTunes podcast there and listen to it hourly. And you can even set it up to download or display uh, on your iPhone or Android uh, when it's once it's posted. You can have it weekly that way. So whatever preference or whatever information you're looking for, you can do it that way. We also have our home maintenance calendar. We have our 2022 calendar in hand. In fact, we started distributing it last week at the remote broadcast at Pella. When For, for those folks that have gotten those over the years, and we have their address already, when will we be mailing those out? We usually do that mid-December. Uh, okay. You know, a lot of calendars have already gone out now. Old Farmer's Almanac, Arizona Highways, Arizona Wildlife Views. Um, I just think that's too early. I end up misplacing mine uh, before 2022 even comes around. But, but it, it's 
cheaper to print the calendars in the summertime when all the calendars are getting printed. So we do. <laughs> so, so now they're just sitting in the warehouse. And generally, the Saba event in Tucson is our kind of like our opening, our, our first event. We're giving away the calendar. But it got moved to the last weekend yeah. in October, where generally it's the first weekend. And Pella was just last week. So we had them, and Pella, Pella stole the the show for this year, but we will still be uh, giving them out at the Saba Home Show. If you've received one of our calendars by mail, you don't need to request another one. We have your address, and we will be mailing you the 2022 And that's calendar. the only thing we use your address for. We that's don't the only sell it. Thing. We don't data mine it. We don't let anyone else touch it. We use it once a year to send you the home maintenance calendar, and it gives you a preview of things coming up. Uh, for next year, our weekly to-dos, our on-the-house topics, and our partners have an opportunity at the bottom to put in promotional offers. This month, we've got Pella is offering $500 off qualifying projects. Uh, Durofoam roofing is in there, as well as Kinetico whole water system. So it's a very useful tool, and we've got enhancements for next year. I say next year, 2022 is already printed. For 2023, we've got a lot of great features that are going into that calendar as well. We just continue to find ways to make it better, easier. And the back page of the calendar is the most important. It is the updated list of our certified partners. So you Statewide. If you have the calendar, you don't even need to go to the internet or do any kind of search on your phone. You just look by category if you need an air conditioning contractor, solar, window treatments, masonry plumbing electrical remodeling extermination it's all right there they are rosie on the house certified partners and that guarantees you are entrusting the professionalist work and workmanship that you need at your home to the rosie on the house contractor referral network statewide powerful neighborhood focus it's what we do at rosie on the house statewide throughout the great state of Arizona, try and bring you the service providers that we've pre-screened for your protection and for your value. That calendar is so much more than a calendar. It's really a tool for an Arizona homeowner to have in their toolbox, and it's free. If you've never requested a copy, you can at rosieonthehouse.com. We'll get you on the mailing list. And that address will get a calendar until you request us to quit sending them. So I think that. no need to renew your subscription to it. The cover nails it. Homeowner's Handbook, Annual Guide to Maintaining Your Home, Castle, or Cabin. With coupons. It's the only calendar that comes with coupons. And more, it, I mean, there's hundreds of dollars of coupons you can have. So, folks, we're here every Saturday morning. Glad you joined us this morning. Hope you join us next Saturday morning. In the meantime, you can always find us at rosieonthehouse.com.